I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist. And clearly I don't see myself upon that list But she said, where'd you wanna go? How much you wanna risk? I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts Some superhero, some fairy tale bliss Just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss I want something just like this Welcome to the Great People Show. I'm JJ, and we're ready to bring you something like this. Wow, years in the making is the Great People Show. My name is JJ White, and I'm coming to you live from a secret, undisclosed location in Richmond, Virginia. And it is my honor and privilege to be speaking to you today. I've been with Dale Carnegie for close to 17 years now. And when I have to answer the question, why does this show exist? And why did we name it Great People Show? I have been in contact with thousands of people for 17 years, helping them become great. And one of the most frustrating parts of my job is the fact that it happens in a vacuum. Sometimes it's one-on-one in a coaching session. Sometimes it's in a, a, at a coffee shop in a sales call, which honestly is just free coaching at that point. Sometimes it's in a room of 25 people taking a Dale Carnegie course, and I see transformation. I see people in their journey becoming great, and it becomes in a vacuum. It happens in a vacuum. And if I had a dime for every time that I thought, wow, If only a thousand people could be sitting here in this room hearing this, what impact would this have on other people? And a few months ago, I was approached with the idea of doing a radio show, and it just instantly came to me. This this is that time. This is the Great People Show. So for about an hour today, we're going to talk about a lot of things, specifically when to quit. Uh, And I want to thank you for your time and attention today. And uh, just a little bit about myself. This is our first episode, so i got to tell you about me. You're going to find out more about me as we go through this. But uh, I, I've been with Carnegie for 17 years as a franchise owner, as a coach, as a trainer. And 20 years ago, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, even the first couple years in Carnegie, I didn't know what to do with my life. And as, as I felt this gift of helping people coming on, and it's so funny because I talk to people routinely what do you want to do with your life? What's your purpose? I want to help people. I want to help people. And I'm so thankful and blessed to be in a job where I can help people. And like, like everyone, I've had my, my fair share of trials and tribulations. I'm, uh, I'm a father. I'm a husband. That brings on a lot of responsibilities. And I am on a personal journey to become great. And, and hopefully I will to the day that I die. So that's just a little bit about me. I don't want to talk a lot about me today. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about other people here. Um, for for the for the summer, I'm going to have a co-host, 
and her name is Kelsey Bridges. Say hi, Kelsey. Hi, everyone. So, Kelsey, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, like JJ said, I'm Kelsey. Um, I'm a senior at Longwood University right now studying psychology and business administration. And like JJ said, I really just love helping people. I love coaching. I love mentoring people when they need it the most. And one of my favorite jobs at, at Longwood that I have the pleasure of having for the past three years is being a peer mentor for the incoming freshmen. And what, do you, what, do you, what do you get most out of that, Kelsey? It's honestly just seeing them thrive at campus. That's literally what it is. It's when they first step foot on campus, and Longwood is a very small campus, but, mm-hmm. you know, they can't find their first classroom. And then by the end of the Wait, semester— Wait, how, how do you not find your first classroom at Longwood? Like, it's a tiny little school. Well, it is confusing. There's lots of little hallways and, okay. and nooks right. and crannies, and sometimes you have classes in the basement, and it's hard to find that. <laughs> um, but just seeing them thrive and get acclimated to the college environment and realize that you're not at home anymore, this isn't high school anymore, and then just seeing them just absolutely fall in love with the university. And Kelsey came to us as an intern this summer. Uh, she reached out to me, which here's the, my rule on interns. If you call me looking for an internship, guess what? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's instantaneous for me. Uh, but I was very impressed with Kelsey, and um, it, I, I'm curious that Longwood – uh, you may not even know the answer to this, but how many people quit Longwood? How many people quit college, especially the first year? It's actually uh, – hmm, let me try and see how I can phrase this. Well, the first um, – most incoming classes are about 1,000 students. Okay. And then after the first semester, we lose usually around 100. And then Wow. So 100 out of 1,000 quit? Mm-hmm. 10% of incoming students – why do they quit? So it's – Kind of like I said, just they're not acclimated. They're not used to it. It's maybe a financial reason. Okay. It may be medical reasons. It kind of can did, literally. Did you ever want to quit? Nope. Never. In I the did four not. years, well, three years that you've been there, you haven't wanted to quit. Never. Not, not even before a big term paper. Be like, you know, forget this. I'm out of here. <laughs> not school. Good for you. Good nope. for you. Nope. Good for you. So we're going to be talk, talking today about when to quit. Um, we're going to have a couple people on the show giving us their thoughts and examples. Um, And as we get started into this topic, we're going to first take a two-minute, very short commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about when to quit. Stay tuned. Hey, my name is Asher Purvis, General Manager of WNTW 820 The Answer. After experiencing high employee turnover, I remembered my mentor stories about taking the Dale Carnegie course, so I knew where to turn when my troubles began piling up. The Dale Carnegie course was a great success. My turnover issues were solved, my potential unlocked, and I began to pick up additional sales as well. That's why I stand behind the Dale Carnegie course. The Dale Carnegie course put my career on a trajectory for greater success, and it can do the same for you. 
In fact, I've heard CEO after CEO mention the Dale Carnegie course as being pivotal for their success. Don't take our word for it. Go to dalecarnegierichmond.com to register for the upcoming free preview session on June 8th. This is a career-changing decision, and spaces are limited. Don't wait. Register today for the free June 8th session. That's dalecarnegierichmond.com. Before the book How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie Course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people have experienced Dale Carnegie Courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. Register to attend a free preview of the Dale Carnegie Course on June 8th. Register today at DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. All right, we're back on the Great People Show, talking about when to quit. And this topic first came up for me uh, on Facebook a few weeks ago. I had posted a question for research. When do you quit? And I was just absolutely amazed at the varying answers that I received on when to quit. And I'll tell a couple personal stories as we go through this. I've wanted to quit so many times in my life, it's not even funny. Um, uh, Fraser Hughes, who's with us on Facebook Live, say hi, Fraser on Facebook Live, uh, has been one of my mentors and as being a positive attitude. And he, he got me into running a few years ago. So is Ed Shepard, another great triathlete friend of mine. And I decided to run for the first time as an adult a mile and I almost died, literally. I mean, I really, I was, it was in Innsbruck and in Richmond after work and I literally almost died. And I just wanted to finish a mile, and I did. And then I wanted to finish two miles and, you know, got done with that. And someone challenged me to run an 8K race, which is a little over four miles. It's the most thrilling experience of my life. Um, and thought, hey, I could do eight, I could do 10. Thought I could do 10, I could do half marathon. Did a half marathon, thought I could do a full marathon. And until you've done an endurance event physically, marathon, biking, you really don't know what quitting is is, is really like. I mean, it, there, your body is naturally designed to shut you down. So I did a couple marathons, and my body said it was probably time to quit that, and that we'll get into that later. You know, sometimes it's your decision to quit. Sometimes it's not. And then a few weeks ago, I decided to run, or excuse me, ride 100 miles on my bike. It was the cap-to-cap 100 miles. I had trained for it. But what I did not train for was a torrential downpour for a first hour and a half. So it rained and it rained and it rained, but I never wanted to quit because I'd worked too hard to get to this point. I had invested too much. Have you ever invested too much to quit? You ever put too much money in the stock market to get out now? You ever go gambling and spent too much money to stop now? You ever put too much time into a relationship just to stop now? Kelsey's laughing. We were talking about quitting relationships earlier. And I felt that way at this bike. I, I'm not stopping. It's, it's, it's horrible, but I'm not going to stop. I've come too far. And, and there's a, a part on the trail where it dips down underneath Interstate 295, I believe it is. And it had rained so much, and, and you can't really see this dip until you crest right before it. And I'm going about 30 miles an hour on my bike. And I get, I get over the crest, and there's a lake in front of me. B- 
binding in the lake is the trail and the two concrete pillars in a forest. There's nowhere to go. You either stop or you keep going. I had no idea how deep this water was. No idea. So like many situations in life, you have to have a split second decision on what am I going to do right now? So I just floored it. I, 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 I just, I just let it rip. And, um, it, it, I, I felt like Moses parting the Red Sea. I mean, it, my bike just cut the water in half, and I made it through it, and I got completely soaked. But I made it through it, and I finished that daggone 100 miles. My feet never dried out, by the way. So I live analogies constantly, I feel like. I, I, I just feel like in my life, I, I should have quit so many times, and I didn't. And I can't think of many times where I'm glad I did. So today's topic is about when to quit. And um, in preparation for this, I just decided to Google when to quit. The only thing on Google when you try to find when to quit is quitting your job. Like I went page to page to page. I eventually got into smoking, quitting smoking, which it boggles my mind that you have to know when to quit smoking. Um, but most of it's about quitting jobs. So clearly – most things that people quit in their life is their job or they are curious as far as when to quit their job. I hope we don't have to talk too much about that today because this isn't just about quitting your job. This is about quitting things. And I also found out that March 31st is International Quit Your Crappy Job Day. There's a job, excuse me, a day dedicated to quitting your crappy job. But what about marriage? How do you know when to quit a relationship? When do you quit marriage? When do you, Kelsey, you're not married. No. You've been in relationships. Have you quit a relationship? Yes. Has a relationship quit you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> when do you know when to quit? I feel like it's mostly just when you're not happy anymore. All right. So your emotional state is an indicator. But, you know, hey, I've seen people live with relationships for decades unhappy. Mm-hmm. But that's obviously a good measuring stick. I've also seen people get unhappy once and quit. Yes. And one of the things I'm going to introduce today is where in your alphabet is the letter Q? Now, I don't want this to be elementary school. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? But is Q in the beginning of your alphabet or at the end of your alphabet? Because if it's A, B, C, Q, you probably quit too quick. If you get to Z and then you go Q, you're probably holding on to things too long. And the Facebook response to this question, when to quit, was absolutely fascinating to me. Never give up, never surrender by Stu Bain. Never give up from Angie Wright. It depends. Don't give up, choose tactics, says Mike Winters. And I love Bernard Robinson Jr.'s response. Give up dreams, give up bad habits, give up on a project, give up on a person. Need more info, my man. <laughs> so I'd say the number one answer to this question was it depends, which I'm glad, I'm glad to see that. But if you're a steadfast, never give up, no matter what. Have you ever stayed in a relationship too long, Kelsey? Probably. Yeah, I have too. We all have. Well, if you haven't, then maybe you've been giving up too quick. So... Quitting is a decision, isn't it? Quitting is um, a conscious effort if we have control over it. 
Because either we have control over quitting or someone else has control over quitting. It just depends. But what about everything else? There's actually a magazine out there called Quitter Quarterly. So if you're unsure and you don't, you're not getting answers on this show, just subscribe to the magazine. Uh, Matt on Facebook Live, Matt Ray, owner of Matt's Dirty Pickles. And if you've never had Matt's Dirty Pickles, my gosh, get some. They're amazing. I was told to not quit my job because starting my own company would not succeed. I laugh at those people now. That's attitude right there, baby. That is attitude. Quitting is about making a change in your life, isn't it? One of my favorite books is called Change or Die. And in the beginning of that book, there is a story. I think it's from uh, Harvard. They brought in the smartest people in the world to overcome heart disease because heart disease is the number one killer of humankind in the entire world. And most heart disease is its some genetics, but it's mainly bad habits in our lives. Smoking, drinking, eating, stress, bad things in our life. And they took a group of people that were given one year to live and they were given – these people were given every resource to change their habits, a nutritionist, a personal coach. We're going to talk to a personal coach later. And those folks, 80% of those folks changed their habits because their life depended on it, but they had support. The control group were giving nothing. They were given no support. And do you know within a year, 80% of those folks went back to all the old habits that led to their life being on jeopardy? So even when death is confronting us, most of us will not change. And that's where not quitting comes in, isn't it? We hold on too long. We stick through it. You said you had a funny story about knitting. I can't wait to hear this one, Kelsey. Tell us your knitting story. (laughs) So um, my Aunt Jackie, I used to go spend a week with her every summer. We called it Camp Jackie. And um, she is super into knitting and crocheting and calligraphy and arts and crafts anything artsy she's into it Mm. and she wanted to teach me and my cousin how to knit and I could not get it at all and I got super frustrated with it very quick because I don't like not being able to do something why why do you not like being able to do something makes you feel almost incompetent like Mm. and you're not good enough oh so now we're getting into the pride and the ego yes did it (laughs) Did it bruise your ego, Kelsey? Well, it did because when you're 10 years old and my cousin, uh, she was, I think, three years older than I was and we used to go together. But she was she was older and she had a cell phone first and she had a boyfriend first. And okay. She got a hold of the knitting and crocheting and I did not. And that was it was just is a competition when you're that young. Everything is a competition. Interesting that competition competition can keep us in the game too long, can it? Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. Do you like sports? I do. What's your favorite sport? Uh, I used to play field hockey. Field hockey. All mm-hmm. right. Where's C, where CJ? CJ Sweat loves field hockey. He watches field hockey games for fun. <laughs> um. So, I'm sorry, did you play or, or just watch? Both. You played. Did you ever get whooped on the field? Yes. Like real bad? Did you want to quit? Yes. Did you? No. Why? Well, because I still loved it, and we still had a good team, and it was just one of those things that I I played for almost 12 years. That's such a pretty answer, but let's be real honest about it. <laughs> you got people watching you. Yeah. You You're not going to just throw down your stick and walk off. You can't walk off the field. You got to keep playing. It's funny. I was at my son's um, uh, last day of school party, and he was playing dodgeball on the field, and we had the option of taking him home yesterday. So I walked down on the field, and he was the pitcher, not dodgeball, kickball. So he was the pitcher. 
and I just went to him, hey, you want to come home with us? Sure. And he just dropped the ball and walked off. And his team, like the players looking, I'm like, what the heck, dude? Where are you going? By the way, my son's eight. Um, it looked like he was just quitting. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other thing you need to be careful about. Now, being eight, you don't care what people obviously think about you in many cases. <laughs> but that's the reason we don't quit so often. There's too many people watching. Our mom and dad's watching. Our wives and husbands are watching. In my opinion, most importantly, our kids are watching. If you're in business, our employees are watching. There's just too many things watching. And uh, that stuff will catch up with if you're not careful. You know, the other thing, I uh, uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Maslow, is that our brain is wired for survival and not fulfillment. So sometimes that survival mentality will keep us from quitting. Um. Unfortunately, fulfillment is what will drive us towards satisfaction in life. And I think the other element of not quitting is that we really overestimate risk. We can't see the other side. Can, t- can I tell them the story about you being nervous today? Yes. Can I tell that? <laughs> yes. She goes, I'm so nervous and I'm not even doing this. I'm like, yeah, me too a little bit because I've never done this before. I've never been on radio. I've never had a camera with a whopping eight people watching us, Kelsey. Oh, my gosh. It'll be 8,000 one day, 80,000. But we naturally overestimate the risk. I mean, Dale Carnegie, one, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Live in daytight compartments. I mean, we get so wound up. One of my favorite quotes. I have a lot of favorite quotes on the show today. Remember, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. We get so worried about what's going to happen tomorrow that we lose track of what's going on today. And we just quitting sometimes is also doing nothing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to our next break, I'll tell you a quick story about, um, uh, about a former pastor of mine and, um, Chris, great mentor. I had to make a huge decision in my life and, uh, he had made a huge decision in his life. He moved to a new city, went to a new church. And I asked him, I said, how'd you make this decision? He goes, my question was simple. Am I running away from something or am I running towards something? So that's something to think about. And as we get a break, we'll come back and talk more about when to quit and bring our first caller. You've been listening to The Great People Show. We're back on The Great People Show. Just a couple comments from Facebook Live before we get to our first caller today. Coming from David Perry, I was told that quitting my job and changing careers two years ago was the worst decision of my life. If I hadn't quitted, my eyes wouldn't have been open to what opportunities are really out there. What a beautiful comment. Thanks, David. Michael Costanzo, my boy Michael. Most people quit things when they see an easier path, and deep down they aren't willing to do what they know they need to do to be successful in their current situation. Amen. 
So our first caller today comes from Roanoke, Virginia. His name is C.J. Sweat. He's a really close friend of mine today and tomorrow and yesterday. Uh, I met C.J. when he was 18 years old, and I asked him to be on the show today because I admire his opinion and his intellect. C.J., you're with us? I, I am. Can you hear me? C.J., can you hear me now? We can hear you, brother. How you doing today? <laughs> I'm great. How are things over in the other side of the state? They're great. They're wonderful. CJ uh, is in the mortgage industry, uh, but he also has his own radio show. It's a sports show, and we'll make sure we uh, – tell us a little bit about your sports show, CJ. So, I mean, we, we basically cover everything to do with sports, but okay. it's mostly centered around stories, ideas, in the business part of sports rather than, you know, breaking down games or different things – Different things like that. Is it going? So, as you, is is the show going as you'd like it to? Yeah, it, it is. Okay. Um, and you know, you talked about quitting. Yeah, tell us about um, it. Because Matt got from Matt's Dirty Pickles, and I met him. He's a he's a great guy. He is a great guy, um, <laughs> and he's actually done very very well with with his business. But he talked about quitting his job, and I think for some people that is the right move to quit your job if you've got a different idea of something you want to do. But for me. Wait, you know, CJ, have, have you ever quit, quit a job? Yeah. How many? Mm-hmm. How many? Have, have. How many have you quit? Two. Okay. They were both when I was. Well, I quit one when I was sixteen and one when I was nineteen. All right. Now here's the truth. Was it your job? Was it your idea? Or was it their idea? Both were my idea. Okay. Good. 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 <laughs> good. One involved me cleaning up a bathroom and a food line. So oh no, no, no. <laughs> this, this, uh, Children will be listening to the show, CJ. You don't need to go into greater detail. <laughs> um. But, you know, I think when it comes to quitting, you don't necessarily always have to quit your current job uh, to, to go on a limb and do something. That's and right. I'll bring it back to my podcast. Okay. I wanted to do the podcast. I could have quit my job if I wanted to and just thrown, just thrown everything out there. Just said, okay, here's our family's income. We're going right. to rest this and just see what happens. Right. But the reason I did it is because I still love my job. Yeah. You know, and I can have two loves and have two passions, and that's okay. But as long as long as to, as long it's 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 not two wives, you're you're in great shape, CJ. It, exactly. We, uh, but we won't let Nicole know you to. feel that way. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it comes down to is what are you passionate about? And I'll give you two quick stories, JJ. One involved me quitting something. Another involved me not quitting something. Okay. And they both were centered around Liberty University, where I went to school. Liberty. So Liberty. <laughs> All right, so just so you know, in the studio, we have uh, a, a junior at Longwood and uh, also, uh, I want to say Lynchburg College, but it's got the new name now. So just oh, so cool. you know, you're in enemy territory, CJ. Keep going. No, I love both schools. They're both very Well, they don't feel that way about Liberty. Keep going. <laughs> well, they, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but I was at Liberty, I was the math guy. Um, and I'll never really? forget after my... Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But after my junior year, I came back, and you always have to report to school about three weeks before school starts okay. because there's a number of different things you have to do to prepare for the season. So I got there and found that they had went and recorded a commercial uh, without me, and they had used somebody from the marketing department in the mascot suit. Ooh, and how'd that feel? It Well, it there were two things. I, I was very, very mad. And so, you know, I just kind of sat down and I thought, okay, am I mad because I'm jealous? And the answer was that no, because I had done commercials that were bigger, had been on more stations. So okay. I knew, knew it wasn't jealousy. I was mad because 
I actually felt passionate about what I was doing. Yeah. And I felt offended Ooh. that something I had built and put together that they would just kind of toss me to the side like that yeah. and then throw anybody in the suit. Yep. Um, and so what I did was instead of, you know, I, and I wanted to quit. I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to quit because I'm offended. But if I'm going to be that passionate about it, then that actually is a sign I shouldn't quit. How long did it take um, you to feel that, like to, to come to that realization? It took me about three to four days. I, I contemplated it deeply because I, I really was, I, I was upset. Um, and so I, I didn't quit. I kept with it. We actually built the team, grew the team by four members. And wow. now the team is big enough to the point where if they ever need a commercial done, they've got enough people there to, to get something done in the off season. Um, so we were actually able to fix that problem. And I think part of that was by me staying on. Um, and then the, the other story is actually I was about a semester and a half away from being able to graduate. And I had already got my job working in the mortgage industry, and I just got my mortgage license. But I was still trying to finish all my classes up online, and I knew I was going to have to apply for another semester, and it meant about another ten to $11,000 in student wow. loans. And so what was your big lesson there? My big lesson was don't just do something for for the award, for the trophy. And in yeah. this case, it was a diploma. Yeah. Um, because I, I sat down, I'm like, this is the only thing I'm working towards. I've got a job. I think what it, what it really just comes down to is, are you passionate? Okay. Yeah. And if for me, if I ever get... But what if you're too passionate, podcast, CJ? I mean, that's why people don't quit when they should. They're too passionate. They're too wrapped up in it. They're smothered by it. I, I think it, I think it really depends. Um, I think in the case you're talking about, if you're if you are overworking yourself, that's a that's a little bit different. There are steps you can take to prevent yourself from diving in too hard and then burning yourself out. Sure. And then being in a position where you're doing something you want to do, but you're too burnt out to do it successfully. Yeah. Okay. But I I think when it comes to quitting, you know it's time to quit when you are stagnant about something. Tell me more about that, get like point, stagnant. What do you mean? If I ever get to the point with my podcast where I go, okay, our numbers weren't bad, and it's okay. Okay, so it's flat, then right? It's that, flat. flat. Right. So if you ever plateau and you're okay with plateauing, that's a big problem. But how do you, how do you, you know? You need to be... C- CJ, how do you know that tomorrow's not the day? Well, I don't think it's going to be something that happens overnight. I, I think it's, I think it's a long process, and you may wake up one day and realize it, but I don't think it's something that just happens overnight. Same thing with a relationship. You yeah. don't just wake up one day and go, oh, I don't really like her anymore, yeah. so let's break up. One, of my, is, one of my favorite quotes, and I, I don't know if it applies here or not, it's always darkest right before the dawn. You sure, know, I think of your radio show, quote. just as an example. If it's flat, it's like, what if I held on just one more month? And I think the, I think right. people get so caught up in that, they live in that, right? They well, just there's a up. great book, and I I forget who the author is, but the book is called The Gap. Okay. And the thing I love about this book is it talks about anything you're doing, you're going to get to a point where you're basically just running in to a brick wall over and over, and you're going to be dealt several blows. And I think a lot of people at that point quit, and that's what the book insinuates as well. Yeah. But what the book gets to is that the people who have been incredibly successful are the people who get to those walls 
and then plow through them as hard and fast as they can. So now you talk about running a marathon, yeah. and you and I have talked about this before. What happens when you're just a few miles away from finishing the marathon? But you know, right? But you know. You know you're two miles away. You know you're almost there. And I think that's what most people struggle with is they don't know. So they just hang on longer than they should or they quit way too early. Right. So you and I need to come up with a crystal ball to help people know what's going to happen. Uh, CJ, thanks for well, joining the show. Some part, just some very quick parting words on what we can do different to make better decisions about quitting or not. I think find what you're passionate in, and if if you ever get to a point where you do not feel passionate, you at the very least need to have a conversation with yourself. Absolutely. And the the key to this is knowing what passion is. Passion isn't all all happiness all the time. Sometimes right. passion is anger. Sometimes passion is grief. Yep. And you have to be able to differ between what is passion and what is not passion. Yep. Well, CJ, thanks for joining the show today. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a short break and come back and take our next caller. Great people Thank show. You, CJ. Hey, my name is Asher Purvis, General Manager of WNTW 820 The Answer. After experiencing high employee turnover, I remembered my mentor stories about taking the Dale Carnegie course, so I knew where to turn when my troubles began piling up. The Dale Carnegie course was a great success. My turnover issues were solved, my potential unlocked, and I began to pick up additional sales as well. That's why I stand behind the Dale Carnegie course. The Dale Carnegie course put my career on a trajectory for greater success, and it can do the same for you. In fact, I've heard CEO after CEO mention the Dale Carnegie course as being pivotal for their success. Don't take our word for it. Go to DaleCarnegieRichmond.com to register for the upcoming free preview session on June 8th. This is a career-changing decision, and spaces are limited. Don't wait. Register today for the free June 8th session. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Before the book How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie Course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people have experienced Dale Carnegie Courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. Register to attend a free preview of the Dale Carnegie Course on June 8th. Register today at DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. All right, we're back on the Great People Show. I'm JJ with Kelsey here today. Just a couple other Facebook comments that we've been getting. 
Dave Wright, my buddy Dave, in ha- uh, Austin and Houston. I almost called it Austin. I've been known to flog the occasional dead horse. And I think we may be hearing more about that from our next guest. Our next caller today is, I think formally his name is Andrew Lee, but I call him Drew. Drew has uh, been a personal trainer of mine in the past. And talking about a guy that just won't let you quit. Good gracious. I've been in a pool of my own misery, thanks to Drew. Drew, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, Drew, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your What's your story, man? What do you do for a living? How do you help people to not quit? Well, I basically grew up in sports and athletics and realized that I was a lot smaller and weaker than I needed to be. So okay. got involved with fitness, um, stuck with it, loved it, studied it, went to uh, Wisconsin lacrosse for the internship or grad school, and then Ended up with the Huskers for an internship and uh, really have just been working with people, guiding them towards being healthier um, for the first, I'd say, five years okay. of being in fitness. And then also um, out at Nebraska, met several Olympians that obviously they, they don't have uh, any ounce of quit in their bones. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and uh, since then, just have been helping people reach whatever peak performance may be for them if it's, you know, making more money and being yep. more productive with the core if it's just being faster on the field and being able to hit harder, whether that's baseball or hitting yeah. somebody for a tackle. Well, I know in your day-to-day you don't deal with Olympians. You deal with normal folk like me who physically are out of shape, mentally out of shape. Why do people quit? Why, why, from your point of view, why do so many people quit, Drew? Uh, my belief is that it comes down to being uh, if they're self-aware to know if they actually want the results that they claim they want. So it's how bad they really, really want the outcome. Yeah. But do you see people in your line of work, do you see people when they first start the change process, the mountain is too steep to climb. They realize, okay, I've put two months into this and I haven't seen that much change. Therefore it's going to take me years and this is too painful I just don't want it bad enough. Are they thinking that, or is there other obstacles in their way? I honestly believe that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, just from the standpoint of a client I had years and years ago at a local corporate gym, she had, I'd say, 80 to 100 pounds that she needed to lose. Okay. And within the first, I'd say, four to six weeks, um, she threw the talent. Even though she signed up for a, a year-long uh, training agreement, um, she just didn't have what it took mentally to make that change. Um, and that's where I think most people break down. Just you know, they they might physically be able to push through it, yep. but at the same standpoint, if their body's on fire and they can't breathe and they're sweating and they're you know having all this stuff happening to their body, if they're mentally not strong enough or stronger that's than it, their body, it? they're gonna it's 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 really the mental strength because we know physically we don't have what it takes. I mean, let's be real about it. Whenever I'm doing those lunges that you make me do, I know for a fact I'm done. But <laughs> but you and I both know and they know too. There's more in you. Until you literally can't move, there's more in you. And if you go to the I challenge anybody to visit your local marathon and go hang out 
at the one mile to go mark, and you will find your fair share of people that physically are done, but they they have one mile left in them, right? There's one more rep there, but it's the mental thing. How do how do you how do you coach people through the mental side of it of quitting? So, over the years, I really don't believe that I've had any personally personal experiences myself of quitting, but um, it just seems that just being in the strength and conditioning business that the people that end up quitting are the ones that never really wanted it in the first place. That's right. And most of the time, if you get to a point in that relationship where, you know, you can coach them, they don't like being uncomfortable. So if you make them uncomfortable physically and then mentally – and then you dive into the emotions of actual real coaching, odds are they're going to give up just because they don't like that. So, Drew, you mentioned just a minute ago that um, you can't really uh, recall or find yourself in a situation where you've wanted to quit or you quit anything. Um, and I know you, Drew. You're not a quitter. You You never quit. There has to be some sort of consequence in your life of hanging on too long somewhere because maybe you should have walked away from something a little earlier. Do you ever see that for yourself? Um, I'd say probably in past relationships. Okay, so the relationship side, okay. Yeah, not so much, um, you know, in in training and whatnot, but um, if you think about anybody that's, you know, they're maybe in a bad relationship for whatever reason, um, and both parties are not willing to work on whatever they need to work on to make right. that awesome and grow. Well, that's the tough then, part, isn't it? Because you're talking about um, your experience, a majority of your experience is getting other people to train to become great people. And when they quit, they're by themselves, right? They're quitting themselves. They're not quitting you. They're quitting themselves. But when you're in a relationship, whether it be a friendship, business relationship, marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend, it's not all your decision, is it? Now, obviously, if you hang in there, and no matter what, they're hanging in there, sometimes they can drag you through it, can't they? They can keep you from quitting. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and that and that makes it harder. How, how do you... Um, how do you deal? How do you grow? From, how do you grow from that, Drew? How do you learn from that to make better quitting decisions in the future? Well, I believe it's really just knowing what's thinking about your own personal health and if that relationship or activity, whatever it may be, is either taking you forward or making you become stagnant or even detracting from the end goal. Absolutely. And if it's, doing any of those, then obviously you need to just make a simple business decision and cut it out. And uh, that well, way- It's funny you mentioned that. A simple business decision. See, uh, for everyone listening right now, I know Drew so well that he really means that. Because Drew is probably one of the best people I know at separating emotion from rational decision-making. But Drew, you're kind of rare in that. Most people, it's they're tied up and wrapped up emotionally, which is what causes them to make really poor decisions. How do you do it? What's your what's your uh, what's your key there? Um. Well, for me personally, I've gone through a lot of, um, I guess, negative experiences in sure. my life that have uh, 
helped me to be able to cut out emotions that I don't feel like them being involved in a, a, a new decision. Yep. So um, that's just, I don't know how I've done that over time, but that's just something that I've done because if you look at, um, let's say, a marriage. Yeah. Well, I'm not married. But if you look at marriages across the board um, and somebody, let's say, there's some sort of flaw in the marriage, someone cheats, someone does whatever, they're still married, they're together, the other person, they, they both know what happens. Yep. Um, they could choose to let it continually fester and grow and build and, you know, end up in a divorce, or it could fester and grow and just end up in a really, really bad relationship that's not really fixable. Well, and they get used to that, don't they? Like, the, the negativity becomes the status quo. So in their own mind, they're not even thinking about quitting anything. Kelsey's over here shaking her head violently. So <laughs> what do you think, Kelsey? Well, I mean, first of all, hindsight is always twenty twenty. You right. know, you're thinking of after you got out of the relationship or after you got out of a bad marriage, you're like, why didn't I do that sooner kind of thing? Yeah. But also, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like especially with marriage, they're like, all couples do that. All couples yeah, you start to rationalize it. And you think that it's just normal and you think everyone goes through it like that. So then you just, you're okay with it because you think that everybody else does it too. Yeah. Drew, do you find a lot of people rationalize their decisions around you when they're quitting? They have good reasons. I believe that if they have any doubt in their mind about something that they think they want. Yep they were never committed to it in the first place. Wow, any doubt. So you're kind of a zero-tolerance guy then. Depends on what it is. Oh, it depends. Yeah. I think that's the key <laughs> word of the day. Well, it depends. <laughs> Drew, we're going to we're going to let you go. Any uh 30 seconds parting words, something some some motivational speech on quitting from a personal trainer point of view. Go, Drew. Make sure to know exactly what you want and have the ability to, to know yourself well enough. To know if you're willing to fight for what you claim you want. Boom! Drew Lee, everyone. Thanks for joining us here today, Drew. Thanks for having me. All right. Wow, what an episode we have had here today. Now, I don't know if this counts as a new segment in the show because this is the first show. How does that roll, Asher? Do you get do you get to claim a new segment when the show is new? It's up to me. So the new segment in our new show is called our motivational monologue. Gosh, just thinking about everything that has that's been talked about on today's show. And the key word I think is, is it depends. And um, boy, we had a lot of Facebook comments here. Check all that out in, in Facebook land. If you can see that so many comments on what quitting, uh, when, when to quit uh, one end of the spectrum is I quit within seconds. Q is high in your alphabet on the other end of the spectrum. It's hard for me to quit anything. I never quit. Q's after Z. And then the rest of the answers was, it depends. And one of my favorite answers on this unofficial, unscientific poll from Facebook a couple weeks ago was from Lauren Math. Lauren's one of our clients, still Carnegie clients. She currently resides in the beautiful state of Florida. She says, it depends. Some things I give up on right away because it's just not worth the battle. I don't have enough time or energy to tackle everything. On the other hand, there are some things that I will never give up on. The important things are always worth the battle. And I think of the reason we don't quit is what I call fierce independence. If it is to be, it's up to me. 
and that rules the day. Because there is a quitting euphoria, being in love with your decision, no matter what it is. So the question I have for all of you today is, are you a quitter? Should you be a quitter? Should you quit less? It's up to you. We're here to help. It's been an honor and a privilege and so much fun to be with you all today. Um, this is going to be this is going to be an ongoing thing because as Larry Chatterton told me on Facebook Live, don't quit the show. <laughs> that would be ironic if we quit the Great People Show. We're not quitting, folks. We're just getting started. Thank you, and go out and be great. You've been listening to JJ White on the Great People Show.